Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. But I, I guess that's not what it yeah. is. What else? By the way, I was on uh, in some chat rooms last night finding out where he will go, what he will do next. And there are some heavy rumors that he might be going out up north to Binghamton to take over that program. Oh, well. yeah. Could you imagine? Well, talk about a peach of a job. Yeah. 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 Well, it's, it's available. Yeah. Uh, Nobody way, has uh, ever said dad gummit in Binghamton. <laughs> Nobody. Isn't, um, it, isn't yeah. it pronounced Binghampton? Am I saying that wrong? Binghamton. Binghamton. That's exactly we're, right. we're the lost um, Hampton. Yeah. We're the fourth Hampton. <laughs> the Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. What a beautiful weekend it was. Now, it was cold on Saturday. It was cold and windy, and it got windy yesterday in Washington after about 10 o'clock in the morning, but not violently windy, and it was pleasant to be out, and the temperatures were lovely, and I got the opportunity to play, and so I was very, very happy about that, to be outside. See, I think yesterday overperformed. Warmer than we thought. It got to be 70 or 71 at some point, and I'm out there in a heavy sweater because that's what I needed when we I first We did our spring up. shopping for our annuals. Is that what, tell, tell us, tell the, the people what you got. Well, what did you get? Well, how would you describe them? You, you came over. They were beautiful. They were in pots. They were outside on the walkway. They were beautiful. Now, Liz let the boys pick out some of the flowers, so I'm not sure they're complementary in color, but we'll see. Right. I think they're going to look nice. So I, I went to Michael's house yesterday. I drove over just to say hello to Bootsy and the Hammer. and um, Didn't really give us a chance. Didn't chance. have time to clean. Well, I, didn't, that doesn't, I don't even look. That, that doesn't matter to me at all. And the Hammer yesterday, all he said to me was dinosaur. He has four or five dinosaurs that he plays with, and he just goes dinosaur, dinosaur, dinosaur. And so then I try to show off my dinosaur knowledge by saying that I thought one was a brontosaurus, and Bootsy said, oh, no, 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 that's, no, that's a triceropterus or something. I believe the scientific name is triceratops. Whatever triceratops, it is, yeah. you know, and, and then... And then, and people who are really old will appreciate this, although I don't know, do we think that the Sinclair Oil um, Company was a nationwide oil company, or was it just in the Northeast where I grew up, Sinclair? Nigel, do you know Sinclair from your growing up days in England? You don't know it, right? You don't no, know I'm not familiar is. with it. No, I'm not. Sinclair not was, Sinclair. They, had one, they had the dinosaur, the sort of peaceful dinosaur with the long neck the green, peaceful dinosaur that, what is that the thing? Brachiosaurus? Uh, Brontosaurus. Brontosaurus? Brontosaurus. Brontosaurus, maybe. Right. Yeah. I got that from Jurassic Park. Yeah, yes, so they're exactly. very, very nice. <laughs> they're, they're placid. They're very nice dinosaurs. And I like would, herbivores. And I would say, that's right. They're not carnivores. That's right. Um, so, and they're not at carnivals either, so you can guess their weight. <laughs> you don't have that. So I would say you uh, try and guess Sinclair. You know, and, and, and the children are looking at me like, what? What are you talking about, old man? Because I don't think Sinclair is an oil company anymore. I don't know that Texaco is an oil company anymore. I think there's Exxon and Mobil, and there may still be Getty, and I'm not sure. Is there Getty? Does Getty exist anymore? I don't know. What happened to all the oil? Nigel, what happened to all the oil companies? Sean, do these <laughs> things, other than Exxon and Mobil, and I think Getty, then there's Valero, which is relatively new. I don't know. I don't know what's out there anymore to buy gas. Like you would, when I, when I was learning to drive, when I was young, I would say, well, I'm going, I'm going to get some Esso. It was called Esso then, not Exxon. The name was changed because they wanted to find 
a repetitive group of letters that did not exist anywhere else for copywriting purposes, and they came up with E-X-X-O-N. This is about 40 years ago. But before that, it was ESO, which was, I, I think, stood that for that Standard Oil. I always thought that was the American version. What? I, Exxon. I thought ESO was the British counterpart. No, ESO was American. St Standard knew. Oil. There was also Sohio, Standard Oil of Ohio. There was Getty. There was Texaco. There was Sinclair. I don't know that these... Nigel, can you look this up? What are the yes. oil companies that sell gasoline Alexa, now? what happened well, it, to the oil? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it looks like um, Getty is out of business, so they're no longer okay. around. Um, right. I'm, look, I'm trying to look up Sinclair right now. Uh, Texaco uh, does appear to still be around, but I'm trying to... Shell think, is I, around. Shell, Shell is, is around still. Mobile is still around. Um, yeah, Exxon, yes, but I, they, they merged with, merged. with Exxon. Yeah, it's Exxon Mobile. Yeah. The mobile pass. Go ahead. What else? Um, and I do remember Standard Oil and and Esso uh, just yeah. from you know from reading yeah. about it when I was a kid. Wasn't it yeah. John Rockefeller? Was it was that all his yes. stuff? That's yes. right. Yeah. John D. Rockefeller, he owned them all. You think he was rich enough? Like I do. <laughs> like it was all right. I think the Rockefellers, there used to be, you know, there was a song um about the the coffee song, Chock Full of Nuts is a Heavenly Coffee. That's a coffee in New York City. And one of the lines in the song was, um, better coffee, a Rockefeller's money can't buy. And then it was changed to a millionaire's money can't buy. The John D. Rockefeller, that was, that was the standard for wealth in the United States of America, was Rockefeller money. Anyway. No, right. what I, well, no, what and, I think you're I, missing in Chessie versus the hammer yeah. is the hammer is very interested in his dinosaurs. It started where he would see oh, them. Oh, he's smarter than the dog. He would now. see them, hide them under the a table. Dog threw up again Carry, carry, because he was afraid of the Tyrannosaurus Rex, which you were right. correctly, you were able to identify the yeah. T-Rex. Yeah. He was trying to meet you where you were with your development. So he just said, dinosaur. Yeah. So that was, dinosaur. I was very happy about that. And, and then, I could make out when dinosaur. he left, he just chanted, Tony, Carol. Oh, is that right? Couldn't perform on the spot. Got too nervous. Yeah, that's okay. All right, <laughs> way, so Tony, what did I'm, I do yesterday? Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm looking on uh, Sinclair Oil's website since 1916. All It's just plastered all over the website of pictures of these big green brontosauruses. That's what I'm saying, yes. They said the, the world's most hugged logo since introdu its introduction in 1930. Dino has been a fan favorite. People love collecting dino, wearing dino, and most of all, hugging dino. So there you go. Oh, I, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, I didn't have, <laughs> I didn't have romantic feelings. But I do remember that that, that was the symbol, the, the yeah. dinosaur. Anyway. Um, I watched golf yesterday. Mike, I got went to Michael's house and watched it and watched it here as well. Very happy that Jordan Spieth won, aren't you? A well-deserved win, particularly over, you know, you look what the, the four-year journey has been. He won it. And yeah, earlier, this, lost earlier it. this spring, late winter, it's not that he lost it. He just didn't meet the challenge of the other competitors. And it almost happened yesterday with a surprise final six holes by Charlie Hoffman, who was chipping in, you know, putting pressure on with birdies. And it really did come down to the last two holes. But it comes back to he's he's once again making the ridiculous shots that Jordan Spieth makes. You have to go back to Saturday. We're on the 17th hole. He's 30 yards over the green playing off of mud. They're wondering if he can actually try and keep it on the green. Is he going to go left, right, try and give himself an easy up and down? And he stuffs it to three feet. Yeah. So I'm happy for him. I'm, I'm glad for him. He seems to be a worthy person. I was hoping... A very open I was hoping Sanzi interviewed him at the end, but it wasn't him. No, so Where's Sans? I believe he's still in Augusta because he was at the uh, the women's amateur. 
Oh, who won that? Uh, Subasa Kajitani in a playoff. Okay, was it good? Was it as good as last year? Uh, so this was two years ago. You're thinking two years about ago was head epic, to head the epic match, which was the perfect formula for the for the opening event of this, which was between Maria Fossi and Jennifer Kupcha, where they were going shot for shot, matching yeah. matching each other with these historical moments, and also recognizing fist bumping each other. This was. This was as much good to in the a chagrin of way. Paul Azinger, who doesn't believe that competitors should ever say anything nice to one another ever, no matter what. <laughs> right. Th- this was good in a different way in that you you felt like you had an open tournament once you hit the second nine. Uh, yeah. And, and you actually saw the the amateur side of some of these these women where they were they were missing some of the putts. You know, they were knocking them eight feet by and, and you realized just how hard this course is. Yeah. But you also got to see the funnels in action, and you got to see what the course could look like this week. Okay. So, Everybody's excited about the Masters, Masters week. Like, Wilbon's going to be on, and one of the questions I've written down is, this is one of the great weeks in sports. You have the opening of baseball. You have the Masters. For some, the opening you of baseball. You have, for some, not, not the Nats. You have the, you have the basketball, the college basketball, men's and women's. You have the NBA and the NHL. You got everything but football. You got everything but football in action. And you're gearing up for the draft. Yeah. So it's a really good week to be a sports writer. Not that anybody's a sports writer anymore. But if people wanted to be sports writers, you would point to the first week in April and you would say that. That is a really good week. I watched the women's uh, final. I watched most of it. The last two possessions were difficult. Um, Stanford Stanford gets a shot clock violation. I mean, you, you know, what are you doing? What are you doing? This is your last possession of the game. You can put the game away. You're up by two. If you get a basket, you win the game. They don't even get a shot. And then Arizona comes down the court, and they feed their best player. I understand this. Ari McDonald, I understand doing that. She's triple teamed beyond the arc. She's triple teamed. She throws a turnaround jump shot brick left of the, you know, left of the basket. It hits the rim, but it has no chance of ever going in. You have to have, by definition, two people open. Now, I I know you want to ride your best player. She's by far the best player. So maybe you live and die with that. But I I just thought, okay, you know you're tripled. Get the ball to someone else and see if it can work. Anyway, so Stanford wins. Um, That's the third time they've played this year. Stanford's story was very interesting. The county where Stanford is in, I believe it's Santa Clara County, Refused to let Stanford do anything during coronavirus protocols. Like students, students couldn't even walk through campus, right? So, so they went on the road. They became an itinerant team. They chartered a plane and they went on the road and they played, I don't know, 15, 18 games on the road. Chartered a plane? Well, you know. Helps they, to be Stanford. Yeah. What's Stanford? Yeah. And, and, they, and that's what they did. That's a very, very good story. There were some nice pieces about that on the coverage last night. I enjoyed that. All right. Um, I won't just keep talking. Did you stay with the network after the game? No. Uh, so you didn't see the start of the Angels-White Sox game? No, no. Otani played though, right? Otani touched 100 in the f- top of the first pitching and, and he ripped a home run. Uh, he's Babe Ruth, you know, and he's the cheapest player in the world. He signed for like, you know, $200,000 a year, like major league minimum. And he's really, really good. And they've waited for him. I'd like, because of Trout, I would like the Angels to be good. I'd like them to finally get in the playoffs. And Rendon. Yeah. Well, uh, not as much for me, because Rendon walked away. But well, at least right, walked away it, to it, the other league. Right. And it makes and the, the other side more, of the country. It makes the team more enjoyable and more of a threat if and when yeah. they do get to the playoffs yeah. now that they have some pitching. All right. So uh, is Wilbon when we return, Nigel Wilbon? Yes, that is correct. And you will have a, a complete list of all the gas stations in America for me when we come back? <laughs> yes, we're compiling it as we speak. 
Okay, thank you. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. FrameBridge makes it easier and more affordable than ever to frame your favorite things without ever leaving the house. Add a gallery wall to your home office or send the perfect gift. From art prints and diplomas to the photos sitting on your phone, you can FrameBridge just about anything. That is a must-read. They want you to read that word for word. And the two words that stand out the most to me are gallery wall, because, Michael, you and Liz have a gallery wall. Yeah, we, we have a gallery wall, which consists of four photos of important places in our early years together, including Blair Academy, the beach where, you know, the beach town where we were married. So uh, it means a lot. But also, if you look over my right shoulder, what week is it? Masters week. We have the Masters things up on the wall. And every time we're watching coverage, whether it's the women's amateur, whether it's, you know, seeing shots of past Masters, I always point out the spot where we have our photo taken. Yeah, it's really great. Uh, just go to framebridge.com and upload your photo, or they'll send you packaging to safely mail in your physical pieces, which is what I would do. Preview your item online. Tough for me. In dozens of frame styles and gallery wall layouts, but I'd bring Michael over to do it. Choose your favorite or get free recommendations from their talented designers. The experts at Framebridge will custom frame your item, deliver your finished piece directly to your door, ready to hang, and instead of the hundreds you'd pay at a framing store, their prices start at $39, and all shipping is free. Plus, listeners to this high-quality podcast will get 15% off their first order at framebridge.com when they use the code TONYK. Get started today, frame your photos, or send someone the perfect gift. Go to framebridge.com and use the promo code TONYK to save an additional 15% off your first order. Framebridge, F-R-A-M-E-B-R-I-D-G-E, framebridge.com, promo code Tony K. And one last time, framebridge.com, promo code Tony K. It's probably one time more than they needed to do that because I will say, as I always say, use the code, people. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is sent to us by Gabby Bonifant. It's a song she wrote called Take Me Home, and she writes, My dad's been a little for my whole life, which is a whopping 24 years. Growing up, whenever the family went on a road trip, he would always manage to fit in a TK episode to just about everyone's chagrin. However, once I left for college, I found myself missing my dad. I started listening to your show by my own initiation. I had a job on campus cleaning dorm bathrooms, and listening to your show made me feel like I was back at home with my dad instead of cleaning the dirty toilet bowls. I became a big fan very quickly. I've been listening to your show religiously ever since. For my 21st birthday, my dad and I woke up at the crack of dawn, drove out to Chatter to see you and the gang to do your thing live. It was a blast, well worth the lack of sleep. Since then, my dad has been giving real subtle hints, implying that he wants me to send in a song or cover of mine to your show. Things like, hey, you should send that song to Mr. Tony, or when are you going to send the song to the TK show? <laughs> well, since it was recently his birthday, he turned 50 on March 18th. I thought this would be a good time to send something in. Take Me Home will come out officially soon, but you all get to hear it here first. Happy birthday, Dad. Isn't that lovely? Isn't that lovely? Beautiful that song. Take Me Home. Plays in Michael Wilbon, who's out in Arizona. Let's start with the biggest story of the weekend and what will be the biggest story of tonight. It's Gonzaga and Baylor, and the Baylor game was awful, and the other game was tremendous. What did you think? Just that. Um, I was watching the Baylor game and went to sleep. I don't think I've ever gone to sleep on the Final Four game. With just yeah. just in the chair I'm sitting in, nodded out, and I feel a tap on my shoulder, you know, in the last few seconds. And uh, Matthew says, okay, Dad, you can wake up now. This game is over. 
And I said, good, good, good. Now, hopefully, <laughs> we'll get a second game. I, I don't really have any faith that we'll Not have a great second no. game. But, me too. But, you know, we'll, we'll tee it up and we'll see what happens. And you get one of the great games in the history of the sport at any level. It was it was tremendous. A couple of things spring to mind, um, and I don't know if you'll agree or not. I think this really helps Gonzaga against Baylor to have a close game yeah, like this and to win this game. Yeah. And I think yeah. that we have ignored, we have given a lot of credit to a lot of first-year coaches. Um, Juwan Howard, most notably. Justifiable credit. Mick Cronin, are you kidding me? Yeah. They're supposed yeah. to lose yeah. that game by 25. They're at 11. They're supposed yeah. to lose by 25 points, and they're in it all the way. I mean, he must know what he's doing. He's a Midwest boy, right? Isn't he Xavier? Yeah. Yes, he is, Tony. Um, he, he's, he's a guy who he, he has the right kids to do what he's doing, but also he just understands how to get into what you're doing. I mean, this guy's game plans. I don't know who his assistants are. I mean, all of that he's got under control, and he's got the yeah. players, at least right, particularly this year. And, Tony, they played – UCLA played the perfect game. They did. They played the perfect they game. It doesn't matter that people – well, wait, wait, they lost. They, they played the perfect game. It, you know, it's as amazing to win a game like that when the other team play, plays perfectly as it was for Villanova to play the perfect half and nearly a perfect game, and win by two against Georgetown 35 years ago. I'm, I'm not least, saying you know, that this game, I'm not going to say that this, this particular play decided the game, but I don't think Juzang charged. I thought that was a block. I, I didn't I think that was, was a charge. charge. You I thought it was, it was a charge? charge? But, okay. yeah, the game that, um, I mean, the, the sequence that is maybe the greatest one-two sequence in the history of college basketball. I mean, so Hill to Leitner is one play. But mm -hmm. for Suggs to block at 6-4, to go up and block a 6-10 guy's shot, and then track the ball down, have still be so alert and in the moment. He's not looking to, 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 to pop his jersey or mean mug. He runs it down. Dribble, dribble, a hook, bounce pass with spin for a dunk. That's insane. It's insane. It's the greatest sequence I have ever seen in college basketball. Did you to, think to, to UCLA do, would hold on? That conversion. Oh, he's a great player. Did you um, think UCLA I, would I, hold I, on? I, I, um, once I kept, I kept saying in my house because I've seen enough of these kind of games, Villanova, Georgetown. Once, it, once Villanova, Carolina stays in it, or Villanova, well, yeah, but that's that wasn't an upset. There's no upset factor there. Oh, okay. We're talking okay, about right. a great yeah. underdog. When a right. team that is an underdog like that, that is a double digit or whatever underdog, when that team stays in it, yeah, yeah, I think they will. Once they got to the point where they have been in the game 30 minutes, I'm like, yeah. They could, you know, because Matthew can say, Dad, can they win the game now? I'm like, yeah. They're in it for 33 minutes, in it for 34 minutes, in it for 36 minutes. But that Suggs play, Tony, that Suggs sequence, there are two plays, the sequence. It makes him, to me, legendary. 
I mean legendary going forward. I don't mean legendary in the state of Washington. I mean, to me, and I look, I could be, I could be proven wrong in 20 weeks or whatever it is. You know, he may, he may just not have it, but I will bet on Suggs right now. If, if you can make those plays in those moments, in that moment, and you, did you see his post game? You probably didn't wait up to see his post game. I saw this it the kid, next day. I saw it, it the next like day. It's like Magic Johnson. It's like Magic. And yes, you know, for me to use that, I, I, I don't know that I've ever been impressed more with a freshman other than like Magic, right? Isaiah was a sophomore. I mean, way even more than Carmelo Anthony, more than a scorer. The presence of mind he has suggests to me legendary greatness at the next level. He was. He's been great all year. I, you know, the only thing better, of course, is if that's a final game. But it's, it's tremendous. And and again, my feeling is this helps Gonzaga against Baylor. I think it helped. I I, I now think they will win with certainty, but I've been wrong so many times so far. How do you look at that game? You know, I, I you know, I, it's like the, the bracket. I, once I did a bracket for your show three weeks ago or two weeks ago, I don't, I don't pick anymore. I don't care about picking. I don't. I just want to watch the games. I didn't watch Gonzaga enough during the season. I, and I feel bad about that. I feel stupid that I didn't, because I would have, like to, I watched, you know, as a Big Ten boy back when there was no cable, you were still able in Chicago to see Indiana University. You were still able to see Bob Knight's great undefeated team. You could see it because you lived in proximity. That's the only way you got games back then. There were no Big Monday and all this stuff. I saw Indiana State because I had an internship in Lafayette, Indiana. I watched Larry Bird every game. People didn't even know what color Larry Bird was. People thought Larry Bird was black until they saw him in lots of parts of the country. I was lucky enough to see Bird in Indiana State, the Sycamores, every, every game because I was living there that semester. Um, this, I, I, I have every chance in the world to watch one of the great teams. I didn't do it. And I feel bad about it now because to watch that group of guys, is amazing and we're all going to get into the debate soon enough if they win if they win are they you know where do they fit in the pantheon of great undefeated teams and this guy this guy timmy i mean his footwork is insane he can it's like kevin McHale. will he have that kind of career going forward I, i don't know but i was in a restaurant um here in arizona somebody stopped me um, up at Desert Mountain, they said, listen, do you think this kid's a pro? They were Because the two of them, two guys were arguing with each other. One of them saying, no, 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 he doesn't have this, he doesn't have that. And I said, I, I, I'm looking at what he has, and I'm thinking he does. We'll find out shortly. But, wow, man, I, 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 I watch them now, and I'm mesmerized by them. Did you, did you watch the women's game? Yeah, I did. What did you think? What did you think? I mean, you I had mean, a rooting you know, interest was, in Arizona, obviously. So, well, well, I mean, not necessarily. I mean, I don't ever root against Stanford, and I did in the um, semi in the semifinal. Yeah, because you know, I root for Don Staley. I, I I said, you know, months ago that I thought the two teams that would win would be Illinois and South Carolina, 
At least I got one close, and it should they should have won that game. South Carolina should have won the game. I don't root against Stanford. I don't root against schools and teams like the place that I went to school. And uh, yes, I'll put us at least academically, um, though not ac- athletically yet, in the same paragraph as same sentence, same breath as Stanford. So I don't root against them. Um, and I didn't. I didn't have a rooting interest yesterday. Um, but I rooted for Dawn Staley in South Carolina, and they should have won that game, either with the last shot on the drive after the steal, or on the putback. Um, uh, the and putback then it was just flawed. Yeah. You know, it was flawed. It was, it was flawed because of the ending. Because Stanford has like two people open, and they might have missed their shots too. No, but no, no, not Stanford. The, the Arizona has two people open. Them, I'm sorry, Arizona, Arizona, Arizona. Right. The two, the, the, the two, the, the, the young woman who put them in the final four and in the final, Aria McDonald, you can't, what are you going to say? She didn't make the right play then. She had made the right play 20 times in the final four, and she didn't do it then. Uh, did you watch Spieth? Did you watch any of the golf? Uh, I watched a little. I just was, I, I, a little, because it was Spieth, a little. Didn't you feel good? He won it. Nobody, nobody backed yeah, down. Yeah, I mean, he yeah, won it. He won yeah. it. Well, he, I'm glad he won it because I've watched Spieth carefully over the last four years. And the way he conducted himself is something that had to be not just frustrating, but maddening. I found myself, I didn't dislike Spieth ever, but I didn't love him. And I thought he was over, it was overstated the moment that every talking head started putting him in the paragraph with Tiger and Jack. And it's like, okay, stop, stop. Um, he's not Tiger. And he's still not Tiger. And he's no. not ever going to be Tiger. But no. he no. conducted himself in such a professional, dignified way while he was going through something that's very difficult to fight your way out of this. And so I, I've, I've come to like speech a lot. But yesterday Me wasn't too. time for that. Yesterday wasn't time for golf. It was, it, so, yesterday was but basketball. Let me ask you this, because, I mean, we work, there are a lot of people who work at ESPN, and all they really are are people who got their hands on a microphone at some point, and they talk about their own opinions about everything, and they never, they never went through the process that you and I went through of learning how to be sports writers and being edited and being told no and being told, no, you got to change this, this, that, and the other thing. This week for a sports writer, the college basketball finals, the NBA, the NHL, the opening of baseball, the Masters, this is just about the best week of the year in terms of variety of things to watch and think about and write about. Don't you think? Isn't this a great week? Uh, It's one of them. It's, It's no better than the week in October that you now have what you have. You could, yeah. you know, baseball week, and, you yeah. have great conference football games. You got that's right. NFL baseball. Yep. You now that's right. have the NBA, and of course you have the NFL. So I, you know, I, I, yeah, it was a great week. It was a great week, and you had you had news stories that you know shouldn't be. I mean, you had, you know, you had stuff that makes you angry. Um, the NCAA and how they handle women's basketball. You know, it's it's just. It's sad. It's pathetic. I don't even have the energy or the interest in screaming at the NCAA. But what they did to women's basketball is an abomination. And so you had news in addition to 
to all the sports. Yeah, Tony, you had all the sports because you, you, you had women's right. golf. I watched much more women's golf because I watched the ANA, um, right? The first major of the year for the women. I watched that, and the twenty-one-year-old Thai woman from UCLA, Tony, she hit it three hundred and twenty yards off the tee yesterday. So I'm watching her on Saturday or Friday and Saturday. Said, let, me, let me look her up. She doesn't look particularly big, strong. She just does it. She's five five. Let me repeat the number, 326 yards. Wow. So I, watch, I, so I watched golf this weekend. I watched the ANA. I did not watch very much of speed. That, that, that tournament was of no consequence to me while the women were playing something very much of consequence. Um, and I've gotten to know a few of the women on tour. Um, and so, you know, there's, I might be rooting for somebody in, in the moment. Nobody that I'm necessarily close to who's, who's playing at the top of the board. But, wow, people should watch her. Um, Tavitanikin, I think her last name is, you'll get, you, get, you get used to pronouncing it like Shashevsky. But she's five foot five and a, and a 21-year-old UCLA junior or senior. But I don't think she's graduated yet. Maybe she's graduated. She's 21 years old. She's from UCLA. And she hits it 300 yards and puts the hell out of it. So I hit a 300 yards, born, three shots, three shots. Yeah, Star was born over the weekend on that side of the sport. If she can, I'm not going to say maintain it. I'm you got to turn yeah. her into, you know, Annika Sorenstam like people did with Jordan Spieth. But there's someone very much worth watching who broke out. All right. I will talk to you later. Enjoy. All right, Tom. Sounds good. Michael Wilbon, boys and girls. We will take a break. Pat Forty will join us when we return. I am Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. A few decades ago, private citizens used to be largely that, private. What's changed? The internet. Think about everything you've browsed, searched for, watched, or tweeted. Now imagine all that data being crawled through, collected, and aggregated by third parties into a permanent public record. Sounds pretty scary. Your record. Having your private life exposed for others to see was once something only celebrities had to worry about. But an era... Where everyone is online, everyone is a public figure. So to keep your data private when you go online, turn to ExpressVPN. Did you know that there are hundreds of data brokers out there whose sole business is to buy and sell your data? No, the worst part is I they didn't don't, know that. They don't even have to tell you they're selling it or, or get your consent. One of these data points is your IP address. Data harvesters use your IP to uniquely identify you data harvesters data harvest i'm learning a lot about new professions out here data, data harvesters. harvesters what do you want to be when you grow up data harvester <laughs> it's been a tough harvest maybe this go year. to maybe go to 4h to learn how to do that <laughs> but, but with expressvpn your connection gets rerouted through an encrypted server and your ip address is masked every time you turn your expressvpn on you're given a random ip address shared by other expressvpn customers that makes it more difficult for third parties to identify you and harvest your data. And the best part is how easy ExpressVPN is to use. No matter what device you're on, phone, laptop, smart TV, all you have to do is tap one button to get protected. So if you believe that your data is your business, secure yourself with the number one rated VPN on the market. Visit expressvpn.com Tony and get three extra months for free. That's expressvpn.com Tony. Go to expressvpn.com Tony to learn more. Use the code, people. Use the code. 
You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is Matt Citron, who writes Matt Citron here, and here's another song for you, a single I just released recently. It's an acoustic song for love and longing. I wrote it years ago, and only now I found the courage to put it out into the world. I was listening to the other day to you talk about the connectivity of the podcast and was pretty inspired. Hope you enjoy this latest and oldest effort entitled Love Go. And Michael, if people like Matt Citron want to send in their original music, which you can listen to in its entirety at the end of the show, which is better than me talking, how do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at com. Pat Forty of Sports Illustrated joins us. Now the first question has to be, have you caught up on your sleep? Are you okay? Are you ready to go? <laughs> No, no, no. I'm afraid, like, you know, you get into the rhythm of covering late-night basketball games, and suddenly you become basically a vampire. But uh, I, I will be there. I'll, I will get ready uh, in time for the night's uh, festivities. If you ever needed a reason to sleep, I thought Baylor Houston gave you that reason on Saturday. That was <laughs> awful. To, it, was, it was not watchable. It was just not watchable, no. don't you think? Not watchable. Uh, brutal. Brutal, you know, and that it, it, it was a very uh, abrupt reminder, Tony, that, that Houston had played nobody the whole tournament. And, like, you know, we didn't, we hadn't, didn't know how good they were. They hadn't played anybody all season, really. Uh, and so uh, it became very clear that this was a step up in class they weren't ready for. And, you know, kudos to Baylor for being completely ready uh, and looking great. And I think posing a very serious threat to, uh, to Gonzaga tonight. That's interesting. I, I've just got off the phone with Wilbon where I said that what happened against UCLA encourages me to think that, that that will really help Gonzaga, that they've had a tough game now, and I think they're going to feel better about themselves than they would have had they won by, say, 15 to 18. So I'll, ask, I'll start this way. Not just in comparison to Baylor and Houston, but on its own, what did you think of UCLA Gonzaga? Oh, I mean, it was it was an absolute privilege to be in the building for it. I mean, you know, I mean, it's just one of the best games I've ever seen. I I, I compared it very closely to Kentucky and Duke in '92 uh, on a number of different levels. I mean, all the way down to the fact that there were the same number of assists on the same number of made baskets in both games. It's like 47 assists, 71 made baskets, you know, just brilliant offensive basketball, shot making an underdog that won't go away, a favorite trying to make history being pushed to the limit, and, you know, just an incredible ending. And Jalen Suggs has that special quality about him that not – many players have I, the shot that was banked in yes fine but i mean the play he made with the block shot the pass and yeah. then making that shot uh that's a special player wilbon said we just had him on wilbon said it's the best sequence he's ever seen a player make blocking the shot of a guy much taller and then delivering an assist pass like that this is just the best he'd ever seen you, you know what? you've seen a billion things what do you think <laughs> yeah no you know what i can't argue what are you going to say that's better? I mean, you know, Michael Jordan with the slap down steal of Carl Malone and then making the shot, you know, a few seconds later, but that, that's, that was really two separate plays. This is one basically continuous motion. And the fact he, I, I talked to his dad yesterday, he pointed out he blocked it with his left hand because he had to, to avoid fouling him. 
But to be able to block that shot with your off hand at the basket of a much taller player and then run the ball down and then have the onions to make that pass. And uh, <laughs> Mark Few said, I didn't think the pass was going to be the best decision he ever made. And Suggs himself said, yeah, I, I knew Coach was going to be kind of pissed. But he did it anyway because he knew he could do it. I mean, it's just phenomenal confidence, savvy, awareness, and and ability all in one. So you're sitting there and you're watching the game and you're covering the game. Um, so this is the two-part question. Who did you think would win and who did you hope would win? Well, I mean, uh, all along, I, I, I was – First of all, I, wa- I walked in thinking Gonzaga was going to win by 20. Um, Me too. And then, yeah. It, yeah. I mean, as it's unfolding, I was like, oh boy, you know, UCLA is not going away. And the fact, you know, it was like time after time for time, Gonzaga would just get there to within one play of kind of breaking it open, it seemed like. They're up seven, they miss a shot. You're up four, you miss a shot. You're up five, you turn it over. Whatever the case was. And the more that pattern kind of played out, the more I thought, oh, UCLA is actually going to find a way to win this, which was how I felt watching Kentucky and Duke in 1992. I was in the building for that one, too. And it was like just one of those things. The the longer the underdog is around, the more you think the underdog is going to win. Uh, And then when it appeared absolutely destined for double, Overtime, that's when I thought, well, UCLA is going to win this thing because Gonzaga has blown its chances. And then Jalen Suggs says, no, I'm, I'm ending this thing. Did you think Juzang uh, charged? I thought that was a block and not a charge. What did you think? No, Wilbon I, thought I, it was thought a charge. Was okay call. Yeah, I, okay. Thought it was, I thought it was a fine call. I was okay with that. Um, and frankly, I mean, it, that took a little bit of, uh, of fortitude to make that call at that point. It, it reminded me a bit of the foul call um, on Auburn against uh, uh, Virginia two years ago, the last time we had a Final Four, where, you know, in retrospect, it was the right call, uh, but, boy, a lot of referees would have just swallowed the whistle and done nothing, but I thought it was correct. What is, so what does this tell you about Gonzaga Baylor? What, how does this shape what you now think will happen tonight? Well, it's funny. I mean, like the whole time I'm watching that game, I'm thinking, oh, this is just bad for, you know, Gonzaga, if they, if they find a way to win, they're, they're going to get beaten on Monday. You know, that, hmm. that they're expending too much. Uh, you know, they're not going to have anything left. I, I have seen teams wilt down the stretch on Monday night because they are exhausted. I said Wisconsin mm-hmm. did that against Duke in 2015 after beating Kentucky. Uh, Michigan did that against Louisville in 2013 where there's just like two or three guys that are absolutely gassed. But I, I, I don't know. I mean, I went ahead and picked Gonzaga still because I believed in them all year, and I think they just probably have a special amount of, of moxie that will allow them to overcome it. But I say watch their legs and watch their body language in the last five minutes tonight. Okay. So you have, um, and I wanted to save some time for this, you have a list of the top 10 events you have ever physically covered. And you now say that this is, this is number 11. But, you know, would you kick... Tell people what your top 10 is, or, or do you want me to read it? Because I've got it in front of me. But tell... Yeah, and then tell okay, so first for Pat is Duke, yeah, Kentucky. This is chronological order, I will say. Chronological order. Oh, so it's not... Oh, okay. Duke, Kentucky, mm-hmm. 
Tiger winning at Pebble in 2000, Tiger winning the PGA against Bob May in 2000, the Boise State Fiesta Bowl in 2007, a third Tiger, Tiger winning at Torrey Pines in 08, Phelps, Michael Phelps, eight golds in 08 at the Olympics, the kick six, Boy, oh boy, to me, the kick six, that's just about, I don't know how anything goes over the kick six in 2013. The American Pharaoh Triple Crown 2015. Chris Jenkins of Villanova, I think, beating Carolina with the shot in 2016. Maya Dorado, and I'm unfamiliar with that name, honestly, the 200 back goal, but you're a swimming guy in 2016, and now you've got this in 2021. Would you kick anything out for that? Uh. Something has probably got to go to put that in. Um, I, I don't know what, though. <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, kick six is awfully tough to me. That's certainly staying <laughs> in. You yeah. know, um, probably one of the Tiger Woods victories. You know, golly, could I really sit here and say, no, the Pebble Beach, you know, the greatest individual performance I've ever seen in sports has to go, or that duel with Bob May, probably one of those two would have to go, I think, to make room uh, for that game. But uh, it's tough. (laughs) It's really tough. So I I went and I made a list. I made a list of, I mean, not a real list, but I I wrote down the things that I also was at the Leitner game. I was at that game. I was sitting with Lupica and Ryan, and that that is Mm -hmm. definitely on my list. I was at Reggie's three home runs. It's hard mm-hmm. for me to kick that out. I was yep. at Carl Lewis Ben Johnson, which was for oh. me, Pat, that was the most anticipated sporting event I have ever been to in my life. And the way it ended, when when Carl Lewis, when you saw his face, that he yeah. knew he could not catch this guy. <laughs> and he's thinking, you gotta be kidding. And then, you know, 24 hours later, Ben Johnson mm-hmm. is roided up to the moon and he's disqualified. So I've got that. I have Nancy Kerrigan, Tanya Harding because of all of it, because of all of it. I was at that and I've got that. I don't have, I couldn't put a fight in there because to me, if you don't have Hagler Hearns, you don't have it. You know, know, it doesn't matter what else you have. If you don't have Hagler Hearns, that's over. I had Chris Everett and Billie Jean King in 1971 or 1970 or 71. And that was the debut of Chris Everett and, and Chris Everett changed tennis. I mean, she changed women's tennis in ways that was, that you have to appreciate 50 years later. And I have I have Montana to Taylor, but I don't have Montana to Clark. If you don't have Montana to Clark, it doesn't matter, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I mean, well, what a list. You've had a pretty good career. You know, not bad. <laughs> I've, not bad. I've seen some stuff. I mean, yeah. and, and, and here's what I've got. Here's the top. I left one out because this one is for me the number one that I've got. I was at Flutie. I was at that game. Were you really? Yeah, my feet are in the end zone. I'm with Carl Schmidt in the end zone when Flutie throws it to Phelan. I'm there. And and, and that's that's the most unexpected. Do you know what I mean? That's the one where you go, whoa. Yeah, Yeah. so I've got that, um, which is pretty cool. Um, And I, I know you got American Pharaoh. You're too young to have Secretariat. Because yeah. Secretariat's Secretariat's triple is is the greatest. That's the greatest yeah. of all time. No. 
that I remember watching the Belmont with him uh, when I, I mean at home. I'm, I'm eight years old, and my dad really liked horse racing, and my dad yeah. was a pretty restrained person, and he got up out of his seat and was whooping and hollering. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, this really must be something," you know. Uh, I, yeah, if I'd been around for that, that that would be a, a, a total game changer. But for for me, Pharaoh being on there was because I have covered like t- all twelve of the misses. You know, between yeah. Yeah. Um, affirmed and American Feral. So, I mean, you go to the Belmont every time. It's like, oh, here we go again. You know, something's going to go wrong. He will not win. And then all of a sudden, there he did. And just the crowd reaction uh, was it was the most celebratory. It was it was like a football, like an Iron Bowl crowd when he was coming down the stretch. It was really cool. Yeah, this is, as the great Bill Knack used to say to me, the true American classic distance, a mile and yeah. a half. You know, so, yeah. I mean, I watched I watched the Secretariat thing on TV and was thrilled by it. Totally thrilled oh, by it. Um, incredible. And Wilbon always made fun of me. He says, how are the horsies? How are the horsies? Because when I got a chance to vote for the top 50 athletes of the 20th century, I had Secretariat in the top 10. I did. Oh, I just thought, I, wow. I, I mean. Believe- yeah, I believe I put Secretary at number one and just said, yeah, go ahead and fight me. I, yes, it's a horse. I don't care. It's the greatest athletic performance ever, I think, him in the Belmont. That's, yeah, just tremendous. Mm-hmm. All right, so so when the shot goes up, you don't really have time. You don't have time to react. When the shot goes up, are you, do you recall any particular emotion? Go in, go out? What, what are you thinking? Because, for example, this is today. Today is the anniversary of the Gordon Hayward shot. And had right. that gone down, that would be the greatest shot in the history of college basketball. This is now close, although it's not yeah. a final. It's not a final. Right. So. Right. But yes, no. And it's funny. Suggs, he's such a, he's such a basketball kid, you know, that, I mean, he, he went ahead and after the game recited Gordon Hayward's shot. Somebody brought it up, said, you know, this is the same building. Same, and he's like, oh, yeah, you know, same side of the court. Three, you know, three dread, like <laughs> knew the time on the clock, everything. Uh, and so when when Suggs put it up, uh, I I had a bad vantage point. You're in the end zone, and so you just don't have great a great look. Uh, but I thought, you know, nah. I mean, here we go, double O two the whole time. Yeah. that was my thought. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, there it goes, and then you're just like. What what just actually happened? Did he really make that? <laughs> you can tell by the reaction, obviously, that yes, he did. But, uh, I mean, it was stunning. It was absolutely stunning. And it just, you know, basketball has that quality. And the NCAA tournament just seems to produce every, you know, few years. Maybe it's every once a decade. Maybe it's once every 15, 20 years. But it just produces these moments that are just incredible and you see these, you know, these young people do things that <laughs> that are just simply unbelievable, amazing. So, thank you, Pat. Enjoy the game tonight. We'll talk to you soon. All right, thank you, Tony. Pat Forty, boys and girls from Sports Illustrated. We will take a break and we will come back with email and a jingle. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the Michelob Ultra read. In sports, if you think joy only happens after you win, think again. Look at the world's most successful athletes. They don't spend all their days grinding away. They take the time to enjoy themselves, like having a Michelob Ultra with friends, because they know that happiness is the key to winning and that joy is the whole game, not just the end game. 
in my life as a sports writer and somebody on television, I can think of two teams that exemplified this more than others. And I don't want you to get the wrong impression because to be a professional athlete means you have to work very, very hard at it. You're in an extraordinarily narrow slice of accomplishment when you reach the pros. But having fun is important as well. I would give you two. I would give you the 2019 Nats, who every time they hit a home run, danced in the dugout. And when they danced in the dugout, the camera stayed on them. And it made all of us who rooted for the team very happy. And there was a sidebar to that. If Adam Eaton or Howie Kendrick were involved in a play that resulted in a run, they sat next to each other on the bench and they did a power shift as if they were driving a car. And that, too, gave them great joy and gave us as viewers great joy. The obvious other example is the 85 Bears, maybe the greatest single-season team in the NFL when they put together the Super Bowl shuffle. And everyone went, oh, my God, you can't do that. That's going to jinx you. you got to keep your nose to the grindstone. But no, they were the best team ever. They went through the playoffs something like 91 to 10. And even Wilbon knows how good they were, and I don't get angry when he says it. So that is the great joy that you can take from sports. Michelob Ultra, 95 calories, 2.6 grams of carbs. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Listen up. He's a major star. Yes, yes, I do know who you His are. His millions, he gets paid. The world is his own stock. But at a mailman's sack, he's entranced and wrapped. <laughs> the Comcast invoice came. <laughs> well, he might just blow his stack. He likes to look at bills. Did he get a raw deal? For real. He's on the hook. He's got to look at bills. He's got to look at bills. Oh, it's not that hard. My Brittany Spaniel can do it. Yes, he is much smarter than Brittany. The incomparable Robert Berg, who writes The Diane Kruger Effect, has just published the 336-page full-color coffee table book you didn't know you wanted and probably still don't. E Pluribus Quattro has it all, an academic diss paper about lexical diversity, baseball cards, stories about mushroom trips and about smelling ghosts, strange theories, and much more nonsense. Anyone interested can find me, Luke, and Jason on the Twitter. That's Luke Overbay and Jason Fuse, along with Robert Berg, a lovely heavy metal song, and Berg knows I'm not a metal guy. Um, Nigel, you want to give the Bethesda Bagel read? We got yes, sandwiches man. today. Yes, Exciting. the bagel sandwiches from Bethesda Bagels. We love them. You will as well. Uh, just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop on in and you'll be thrilled. All right. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say when some loud braggart tries to put me down and say his school is great, I tell him right away, now what's the matter, buddy? Ain't you heard of my school? It's number one in the state. That's Mike Love. And those are the Beach Boys. Thanks to our guests today, Michael Wilbon, Pat Forty. Thanks to our sponsors, ExpressVPN, FrameBridge, and Michelob Ultra Pure Gold. And remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and now Odyssey. And if you get the show through iTunes, please leave us a review. What's so great is the way you annotate your bills. 
circles, question yeah. marks, yeah. double underlines. I got another one from Columbia the other day charging me for two fitness snack, sessions. Snack oh, not even snack bar. No, two, two fitness sessions. I wasn't there. It's nonsense. Stephen Good, Fayetteville, Arkansas. Your boy Gio Gonzalez retired. Most Nats fan, including me, will remember him a bit more fondly than I'm sure you will. However, your frequent condemnation of him pacing around the mound befuddled after giving up yet another frustrating walk <laughs> gave me an idea for Gio's side hustle in retirement. Of course, maybe that makes it his main hustle. Regardless, I hear there's at least one old man in D.C. that needs help walking his dog during inclement weather due to past injuries caused by such events. I think Gio's just the guy for the dog walking job. I know it's a niche market and his services would not be needed when it's nice outside, but he is retired after all. Plus, the slogan writes itself, if the sky's falling, Gio's walking. Sort of like that. From Jay Schroeder, not Jay Schrader, Jay Schroeder in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Hello, old sport. Cleveland Indians fan here. After listening to your opinions of certain members of the Nats bullpen low these many years, I thought I'd take the opportunity to preview what you are getting in Brad Hand, the new presumptive Nats closer. You will hate him. From his acquisition before the trade deadline in 2018, Hand pitched very well for the Indians. He pitched especially well in 2020, but he's lost a bit of velocity the last couple of years, and he pitches around the edges more and more, needing to rely on his excellent breaking pitches. He may continue to pitch well for the Nats in 2021, but you will still hate him, perhaps due to the angina he may cause you, perhaps due to your tendency to compare all relievers to the hammer of God. Enjoy watching him pitch or complaining about having to watch him pitch. I know I will enjoy it. Sounds like a lot of 3-1 counts. <sighs> From Bill Garner in North Potomac, Maryland, nothing is better than free bacon on a $10 off solo stove. From Kyle Pownall in Macon, Georgia, isn't, um, isn't Little Richard from Macon, Georgia? Oh, that's a good Little Richard question. Pennyman from Mary Macon, Georgia. Got in the car with my 11-year-old masculine child after a day of fishing. He grabbed my phone and said, let's listen to the Tony Kornheiser show. Just as I swelled up with pride, he said, never mind, and he played Luke Bryan. So he probably made the right choices. From John Lorenz in Loveland, Ohio. Apropos the recent L.L. Bean Lands End salvos being lobbed back and forth via the mailbag. I was watching West Side Story the other day, and I couldn't help but take note of the type of pants worn. It's a little-known detail, but all the Sharks were wearing Lands End. All the Jets were wearing L.L. Bean. The feud runs deep. I propose to bring an end to this bitter garment industry dispute Thunderdome style. Two pants enter, one pant leaves. From Jagger K in Massapequa, New York, on the South Shore, the home of the Baldwin brothers, as a fellow Long Islander, I'm wondering if you ever got a chance to try the iconic burger joint, All-American, on Merrick Road in Massapequa. Get say it again, Massapequa. If you haven't had the great pleasure, may I suggest stopping by for the best burgers, fries, and shakes you'll ever have. They even serve fresh, pillowy knishes, if you're so inclined. If the food doesn't impress you, the prices surely will. A quality cheeseburger at All-American? $1.95. Need I say more? Plus, here's a little numerology fun for you. My parents' house phone number has been out of commission for quite a while, but it was really easy to remember as a kid. 799-3927. That's three nines and two sevens in the phone number. That's that's good. That's good. It's only but I had three three four 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 four. Did you have best. that? Yes. No, you didn't have that. Um, from Wayne Hickenbottom, as a recently retired UT instructor, I decided to play volunteer at the local WCG tournament. That was last week, right? I requested to be the guy who hands out payday bars to the players, but I guess that job was filled. I was hoping to become the official golf volunteer of the Tony Kornheiser Show. Absolutely. From Ron St. Amant in Toronto, since I'm not a member of the tribe, I can only assume the four questions that pass over are, 
Do you know who I am? Where's the cake? Are we going to play Stonehenge tonight? And do you know how much I can bench press? If these aren't the questions, then what are we even doing out here, man? Fantastic. The end on that. If you're out on your bike tonight, everyone, as always, do wear white. But I still need a bit of milk, full fat, which I've warmed in the micro wave. <laughs> Sitting by the bankside All is calm Sitting by the bankside Take me Jokes a little 
Love 